Hello, I'm Jeremy McMahon, meditation teacher, Tibetan Buddhist scholar, and audio engineer. And welcome to Meditating with Friends, a podcast where we explore meditation through friendly conversation. Each episode includes a guided meditation that you are invited to join. If you enjoy this podcast and are interested in working with me one-on-one to help deepen your meditation practice, check out my website, jeremymcmindfulness.com. Now, enjoy the show. Hey gang, it's your friend, Jeremy McMindfulness here. Uh, We got another fantastic episode of Meditating with Friends uh, coming up. Um, So this week we are talking to Joseph Dahlstrom, a.k.a. Joey D. Uh, He is a Brooklyn-based musician. He is the lead singer and lead guitar player of the band Hot Knives. And Hot Knives has a really, really, really awesome new record coming out May 7th. Uh, making love to make music to make love to um, check it out links are below and Joe Joe is just awesome I love Joe uh, Joe is one of my favorite people uh, we really connected when we first met talking about mysticism um, but what's really interesting and we'll get into it in the interview of course is that you know I come from a Buddhist background uh, studying Buddhism uh, academically, actually, and he comes from a Christian background. Uh, He was raised Catholic, but also studied Christianity uh, academically. Uh, So, yeah, so it's cool. I think it's a really cool mix. Uh, We always have fantastic conversations, and so I'm glad that we uh, get to share one today. So we're going to talk about uh, prayers and meditation, how those relate. Uh, We also talk about mysticism and sex, so you want to stay for the sex, Uh, and how all of this relates to the new record, because as uh, I do also, um, I try to incorporate, you know, my spiritual teachings, ideas into my music, um, important theme in my music. So yeah, so that's the opposite, (laughs) that's the episode today. Uh, just a couple of updates. Um, I got a new website. I got an official website, jeremymcmindfulness.com. So check it out. If you want to work with me one-on-one to do some meditation, hit me up through that. Uh, also, a Dirtbag Dharma Brooklyn meditation tour going strong, even though no one has actually showed up to it yet. That's right. I've done two dates and no one showed up, but that's okay because it uh, gave me the opportunity to create um some Instagram videos. Uh, so if you're interested in joining us, uh, the next one will be this Saturday. Uh, I don't know the date. One second. April 21st of this foul year of our Lord, 2021. Uh, so we will be at Von King Park, uh, 2 p.m., come on out. It's going to be a great time. I'll bring beer again. I'll give you a beer after we meditate. Uh, So yeah, join me in the park, Von King Park in Brooklyn. Uh, So yeah, really enjoying that. And I actually know, (laughs) I know no one's come to the other ones, but I do know people are definitely going to come to this. So it won't be just an awkward conversation between me and you. Not that it'd be that awkward anyway, because I'm good at conversation. Anyway, uh, so my personal highlight of the week is, 
I would have to say I made some lamb ribs uh, this week uh, and had them with my friends, uh, Karna, Kim, and Sonny, and uh, it was awesome. Um, I've never had, I've never made lamb ribs. I've had lamb ribs. I've never made them myself, and they were... They were pretty good. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what my life's been like. Hope yours has been nice too. So anyway, stick around. We're gonna talk to Joey D. Get the lowdown on his new albums. And uh, yeah, enjoy the show. And uh, hey, Joe. Hey, How's it Jeremy. Going? It's going well. Thank you for having me here. Of course. Thank you for being here on uh, Meditating with Friends, uh, where everybody meditates. Now, uh, Joe, um, what is a Joe? What does Joe do? Uh, how would you define yourself <laughs> as, as a Joe? Um, that's a, a good question. Uh, so right now I, I am playing music in a band called Hot Knives, among other musical groups. Mm-hmm. We have an album coming out in May. It's our first mm-hmm. full length. And um, I fancy myself a, an explorer of the spiritual depths. I, I try to research and read and, and have as much fun with learning about spirituality as possible. And, you know, that's what brought us together as friends. And that's oh, yeah. sort of how I've tried to carve out, um, you know, or, or go about my life. Yeah, as an adult and cool. um i don't know i i have a pet rabbit that's probably yeah. the most important <laughs> yeah shout out to poncho yeah shout out to poncho he's listening yeah um well yeah i mean so i guess we could talk a little bit about yeah our background and that you know we we met um and you know got along pretty well pretty immediately and of course the common connection between us was that we both uh, came from a religious studies background, though, uh, and I think what, you know, makes our relationship particularly interesting is that, you know, my background is in Buddhism and your background is in Christianity. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we've always found, um, I don't know, I'll start that answer over again, but uh <laughs> <laughs> In, in studying Christianity and studying mysticism and growing up in a, a Catholic background, um, the things that I've sought to figure out, it was pretty clear immediately that you were looking for similar things mm-hmm. and your approach was just from a different direction. And one of the things I've appreciated most about our friendship, or at least the conversations we've had as friends is that we kind of uh, try to see the common ground between Eastern traditions and Western traditions without trying to say, like, it's all one big thing, but we really (laughs) try to respect the differences and respect what each system is while recognizing that there might be, you know, certain common ground or certain common goals in, in contemplative practice, spiritual practice, mystical practice, what have you. And, uh, we've, that's sort of what, uh, kind of sent our, uh, sent our, took our friendship off from the beginning. Right. 
Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, this uh, yeah, the mysticism kind of like universal. I don't yeah, we I feel like we've just both have that kind of whatever universal like mystic pull that, you know, certain populations of pretty much any culture at any time has had and uh you know, we we have just kind of found different expressions of it and like yeah, I mean, it is interesting that you mentioned your Catholic background because, like, I specifically, like, did not come from a, any religious background. I mean, my parents were raised Christian, but, like, they didn't want to, you know, force anything upon uh, – when it came to religion, for at least <laughs> force anything <laughs> upon their kids, uh, you know, and uh, – <laughs> um, uh, you know, so that's – you know, so I kind of had to – you know, find my own path, um, and search, you know, and I kind of ended up on Buddhism, but again, you know, it was like, you know, all these types of like different mystical traditions, like, you know, certainly always had an appeal, uh, to me. And now that made me think about like, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's such a fucking stereotype that like, you know, y- y- Catholicism or, you know, being raised Catholic, you know, people are raised Catholic and then they just like completely drop it and abandon it, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, you know, they're like, fuck this. But like, you know, like, but for you, like, uh, I mean, I know we've discussed, you know, um, you know, kind of the, the struggles that you've had with your faith, but I guess, you know, you didn't drop it completely. And I was wondering if maybe, maybe you could talk about that. Sure. Um, this is, uh, so I'll, I'll try not to sound totally pretentious, even though I, I will, you know, even thinking about this <laughs> earlier, but I, um, I, t- I took issues with, with, um, the idea of Christianity, not really the idea of Christianity, the idea of God and the way that the idea of God was presented to me from an early age, in middle school, I used to pray every night, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, and I, I would pray every night. And it started off actually as a child. My parents taught me to do this, you know, pray for your aunts, uncles, cousins, your siblings. You, you thank mm-hmm. Jesus for your day. You know, a very straightforward prayer of Thanksgiving and a, and a prayer of um, intention for the people you love most. And as a as a neurotic pubescent, uh, you know, fifth <laughs> grader, I was like. Oh shit, there are tornadoes. Okay, God, you know, please keep the tornadoes from happening. Please keep mm-hmm. hurricanes from happening. Please please make sure that I don't wake up to my house on fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was getting more and more specific and and deeper and deeper into these intentions, not just for myself, but for other people. 9/11 happened. I would pray specifically, you know, let let's I I remember praying certain things about 9/11 just for these fam- the families, et cetera, and the, the mm-hmm. you know, the things you pray for now when you experience tragedy as a culture, but you don't know the direct uh, recipients of that tragedy. Mm-hmm. And it led me to kind of realize that you can pray for all of these things, but that's, you can't change the trajectory of the, those things happening. So then I started mm-hmm. um, praying, okay, God, um, why don't we, you know, may everything happen according to your will and, and, you know, help me to be a better person. And, and the, the prayer slowly transitioned into that. And then the idea of this 
immediate dialogue with uh with god you know this this 30 to 30 second to five minutes or 10 minutes you know this idea of the the temporary prayer as intention kind of started feeling uncomfortable to me and that's that's where a lot of my searching started happening and then of course all the other things that happened to to kids in the early 2000s happened you know so i i was you know listening to new metal and epitaph records and i mm. was <laughs> watching you know these cartoons that were definitely influenced by the psychedelic generation you know ren and stimpy rocco's modern life spongebob you watch yeah. these cartoons and the dialogue you don't recognize it as a child and it's not as distinct as like Adventure Time or Rick and Morty is now, where they're very directly saying certain things about mysticism and the cosmological yeah. makeup of the universe, et cetera. But these other ones are kind of poking at more subtle concepts. And um, mm. I, I can't believe I'm talking about cartoons, but, you know, it's those <laughs> those things, you know, um, nonconformity, um, learning how to be an individual and learning how to reconcile that with spiritual beliefs. Uh, you know, I joined a death metal group in my soft, soft freshman, sophomore year of high school. And they were uh, a couple of the guys were getting into Wicca. And one of the guys was getting really into like nihilist, um, nihilist philosophy, Nietzsche mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And um, all of these different influences kind of just forced me to take a step back and, and, something that always bothered me f along my spiritual journey and something that never really sat well with me is the express rejection of everything. So, um, you know, atheism, especially, or atheism, the Dawkins style atheism. Yeah. Um, I really took issue with that, especially hanging out with these death metal guys and, and hanging out with punk guys and hearing things like, you know, religion's stupid. God is dead. Like there's no such thing mm -hmm. as God, things like that really, um, also stuck with me. So on one side I had all of these things pulling me away from my traditional upbringing, but you know, and, and my Catholic upbringing, but on the other side, I had all of these things that were trying to pull me away and made me feel uncomfortable with the idea of total rejection. And yeah, and then, you know, I, I went to a Catholic high school. It was a Jesuit high school. And these the Jesuit priests were very firm in the idea that God will God will send you in the direction that you need to be sent. As long as mm -hmm. you just stay open to growth, remain mm -hmm. open to growth, God will push you in the direction that you need to be pushed into to recognize God in the way that God makes the most sense to you. And mm. that's sort of been my, um, that sort of sticks in the back of my head. And, and especially as I think about the manifestation of God or the idea of God or what God is to me now, which is completely different than what God was to me five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, mm -hmm. th through all of these challenges that came up, you know, as early as like eight, nine years old that still continue to this day. Do I pray? What do I pray for? And um, sorry to give a really roundabout answer here, no, but basically the this um, is great. the end the end result of all of these things, or not the end result, but what it eventually led to, especially hanging out with you and talking to you and uh, reading about Zen Buddhism in college, and then digging into the Eastern traditions more, 
And then as a grad student, finding out that these traditions happened in the West, they're just a lot mm, more subtle, yeah. um, was, was contemplation. And this idea of, you know, what, you and I, my favorite conversation with you is is the parallels between contemplation and meditation because they're not mm-hmm. the same, but they they might be in certain ways. And um, right, it was kind of dis- discovering the idea of contemplation and the idea of you don't have to have an intention, you don't have to have a, an and a question for God, you don't even have to be thanking God, or you don't even have to be acknowledging God as God. You can be acknowledging God as something completely different uh, mm. through just sitting there and and staring, or sitting there and closing your eyes and focusing on your breath, and just trying to let the thoughts go in and out. The the first meditative um, system that really got a hold of me was Zen Buddhism. I, in a class, I was assigned Zen mind, beginner's mind, which I understand might not be uh, considered a Zen text to the true Zen people out there, but it it does Mm -hmm. introduce these ideas in a way that, you know, consider the way you walk to, to class or consider the way that you walk home from the subway or, you know, and, and, try to recognize something different about that realize that it's the same while recognizing that it's not the same at the same time yeah. and wrapping your head around that which i still haven't but i still love to think about it uh really <laughs> pushed you know really just pushed me off the ledge and it was just like okay here we go let's do this and yeah uh, and i guess the rest is is history, I guess. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of, I mean, you said a lot and that was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. It was great. But it just, uh, I'm just trying to remember what I was, uh, the things that really stuck out to me. And the one thing that did stick out to me was even just talking about prayer and like how, you know, you're, you talk about being a kid and, you know, kind of saying like, what I imagine are like, you know, your typical like American Christian prayers of like, you know, yeah, like, you know, uh, thanking Jesus for the day, you know, may my family, uh, be happy. May my, you know, uh, you know, may people, you know, it's like it be people not get hurt, you know, may people, yeah. <laughs> what you're, I mean, I'm struggling to talk because basically what I want to say is it just sounds like meta phrases, like meta meditation, which, uh, is, um, also called loving kindness meditation, where it's like, you just wish for people, you basically just repeat in your mind. You're like, you know, uh, well, you start with yourself generally. It's like, may I be happy? May I be healthy? May I be safe? May I live with ease? And you kind of, you push it out. And it's like, wow. Uh, a lot of, I guess a lot of people coming to that at first, I mean, especially, you know, Westerners that, you know, kind of have a very particular idea of what meditation is in their minds, you know, they, they come to that and they sort of see it. I know I saw it as kind of like, you know, you're sort of like brainwashing yourself in a lot of ways, (laughs) you know, you just that you're sort of repeating it again and again and again, but like, but I think, yeah, just the idea of prayer and like, you know, realizing that, yes, you know, the prayer wasn't necessarily going to cause 
God to like come and intercede, you know, in this level of existence to like make sure that like everybody that you know is safe and happy. Uh, but I think there's something to the idea of like sending that out and like having that intention. And then also, um, you know, the science has backed up this idea that, you know, that uh, practicing gratitude is, you know, just really beneficial for your mental health. You know, it's like one of the best things that you can do to like combat depression and anxiety is to, you know, is to practice actively practice gratitude. Absolutely. Um, So like, yeah, I don't know. So it's, it's interesting to me that like those, I never really thought of prayer in that way until you like talked about it. That's really cool. Um, I, I always loved prayer time at night. Um, and Oh shit. What was I going to say? Um, Oh, and even like you said, gratitude when I, I am a long sufferer of insomnia. And when those things first started to happen as a kid, um, one of the things my mom brought to me was a journal. And she said, you know, before bed every night, you should write down what you're thankful for. And that might help you clear your head before you go to sleep. And it's a really good practice. And I don't write it physically anymore. But when I feel the sort of downturn towards depression start happening, counting blessings is or gratitude as you said is is a really um a really reliable way to to shake those first feelings and and you know recognize what's going on if you just start thinking like everything is garbage you you just just recognize they're like well no like i had this meal today i have this water today you know i i had you know whatever it is you did and um, it's tough, but gratitude is is so important. Gratitude is one of the underlying themes of the album, actually. Um, oh, yeah? It is. Uh, because, I mean, what I was trying to do was write songs to help myself and hopefully help others just kind of look for the bright, look, look for... Not necessarily like just see rainbows and daisies, but to, in spite of everything that's dark and and disgusting and and inhumane out there, um, try to wrap your head around this positive energy, what you have inside you that can affect actual change in the world. And um, gratitude Mm -hmm. is a great place to start. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot there to talk about in terms of like, especially with, you know, spirituality and like, you know, new age spirituality and like, you know, I, I, I hate, you know, when I'm on Tinder and some girl in her profile (laughs) says positive vibes only, I'm like swipe (laughs) left, you know, like, nope, not, not for me. Like, you know, but, but without, you know, but that's not to say that like, you know, yes, things can be very, very shitty in the world, but things can also be really, really good. And it's like, you have to kind of create a certain space in your mind to acknowledge and hold in your mind that both things can exist simultaneously. And that like, you know, you have a choice on which to focus on. And, you know, it's, it's up to you, but 
just which one do you think is going to make you feel better at yeah. the end of the day, you know, is like focusing in all, on all the, all the shit, all the awful things that are happening or focusing on, you know, the good things that are happening in your life. And I mean, again, it's like, it's, it's a balance, right? Cause it's like, you don't want to live in a world of naivety that like, you know, that, Oh, everything's just fine, you know? Uh, but you also don't want to get, you know, too bogged down uh, into, you know, into everything is awful because it can, it can bog you down. And it just it doesn't, I, you know, in terms of like me struggling with my depression, I've just, you know, realized that like, you know, like my depression doesn't help anybody, you know, it certainly doesn't help me. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it doesn't help anybody else. Uh, so, you know, having things like practicing gratitude, I mean, meditating, prayer, like if it makes you like that much stronger, you know, and able to deal with, uh, all the awful things that everybody in the world has to deal with. Like, I think that is, that's what's important, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So if, if playing in a band called hot knives and <laughs> <laughs> writing songs, um, about, you know, uh, mystical shit. Um, which was like, you know, I, I mean, I read the lyrics, I've listened to the album twice and I've read the lyrics and, you know, let me just say, you know, congratulations on it, man. It's it real. That really does sound fantastic. Um, the guitar really solo sound fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, so there seems to be, you know, it's these sort of, there's a sense of yearning in the album, that's for sure. And sort of like this, you know, referencing, like looking up to the sky and, you know, and kind of also like a sense of movement in it and sort of like, uh, I don't know. I just feel like everything is kind of like a journey, you know, all the songs are like a journey. And, um, maybe I, I wanted to ask you about, um, Alhambra baby and which is is that the first single it's the second it's the single it Sta- static bloom static is bloom the was second. the first yeah okay cool um so alhambra baby um well let me ask first i mean i looked it up before this but what what is alhambra so the alhambra is um it's a structure in spain it's a it's a unesco world heritage site and it was i believe it was a a retreat for um for a king let me let me look up the king because we want to get this right (laughs) but um essentially it embodies um sorry it's it's in granada spain and it embodies this fusion of culture that was you know moorish architecture and you have these um, you know, arabesques and the designs and you have these, this wonderful, uh, Islamic geometry style, um, you know, patterns in the walls and all around the, the way that the gardens are set up are, you know, mm-hmm. very geometric, very angular. And, uh, I, unfortunately I haven't been, um, mm. Alex, our bassist has been and, and had wonderful musings about the Alhambra, but, um, yeah. I unfortunately was not okay. So um, let's see. It it was uh, 
So it was built by the emirate first in the 13th century, and then um, in the Reconquista in the 15th century, um, Ferdinand and Isabella seized it, which I always thought Ferdinand and Isabella created it. So, um, Hmm. but there is this idea of this site is particularly spiritual. I'm pretty sure it was even built on a Roman site. And Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the extent of my, my know-how about the, the Alhambra. (laughs) So, yeah. So what does the song have to do with it? Like, that's what I was curious about. Like in your mind, what, what's the connection between this uh, particular I guess it's a church now, right? Or or it's, whatever it's you want to call like it. It's just like a tourist site. Spiritual, now, yeah. spiritual, you know, the historical spiritual place and and the song or the themes of the song. Um there's a a little break. Um I don't really know what to call it. We call it part C, but it's this little break in after the second verse or after the first, second chorus. It's swimming in the Mediterranean Sea, mermaids feed us concord grapes and wave us with palm leaves. You could be my mm-hmm. goddess and I'll be your high priest. And uh, those lyrics just had this, you know, obviously Mediterranean Sea, but, you know, where where can, where in the Mediterranean Sea of all of the Mediterranean Sea, you know, would you expect to jump out of the palace right into the water where mermaids are there? You know, it was supposed to be this very epic uh, luscious, uh, decadent scene. You know, it's it's mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of a, a pouring out of romantic love. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I'll I'll do anywhere. Come, I'll do anything for you. Come with me. I'll show you the world. You know, it's fucking Aladdin. Yeah. Sorry about that, but yeah, <laughs> you know, but it, it, it has you that can similar. See the world. <laughs> you should cover that. No, don't associate <laughs> Aladdin with hot knives. I I did it already. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the idea was just the idea of um, rapture, almost that romantic love, or finding that type of um, person. You know, I, I I wrote it for my wife. Um, can make you experience an out of body experience where when you start digging in and you you close your eyes and you really wrap your head around what it is you're feeling it um it's it's out of body it's it's not it's not contained within your head or within your heart but it's it's all around you right yeah yeah and i mean you know that's the you know something that just you know comes up in mysticism so much uh you know this the metaphor of uh love or you know sex you know as being uh divine and being like the kind of closest that we can i mean it literally is the closest thing that we can do to to become divine or like closest we get to being yeah. divine and that you're like actually you know, creating life in that act. Um, well, so, experiencing unification, like actual physical unification. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, actual. Yeah. In, yeah. And the, and that's such, again, like a theme in, in mysticism and, yeah. uh, you know, Buddhism, you know, the, well, they always talk about the union of compassion and, uh, wisdom yes. and, and, and then Sufism, it's all about the union, uh, you know, with with 
God or the beloved. And then, I mean, my understanding of Christian mysticism is like, that's very much a part of that too. Correct. Yeah. Unification with the Godhead or, um, mm-hmm. theosis is, is the, mm-hmm. the Greek, but it, it just means the term is, the term is misleading, but deification, but it's, it's really unity with, but, and not becoming, you know, so you don't become mm-hmm. God, but you unify with what is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that you struck me too, uh, is when you're talking about that, uh, verse in particular and how like lush and like kind of decadent it is. I mean, I kind of feel like there's uh, when you, when you said lush, I was like, Oh yeah, that actually <laughs> describes a lot of like what is going on in these lyrics here and that they are like these sort of like lush kind of portraits of like feelings and moods. And, uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was, I mean, there certainly seems to be a theme of, uh, of plants, uh, in, in the, in the album, like, you know, you mentioning a lot of plants and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the last song is called static bloom. And then there's the third song. Well, the, the third song, how to recognize different types of trees. And then the fourth song, uh, cosmogony seed of creation. So it, it has a lot, <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of plant stuff going on in there. And so, uh, what was your thoughts behind that? Or were there thoughts behind that? Or did it just kind of come out like that? I mean, I love plants. We, we have a nice collection of cacti and succulents <laughs> and that's, you know, when you visit somewhere, you always, you know, something I always recognize is the different types of trees and the, the different, you know, different foliage in an area. I mean, even from New York city to Western Massachusetts, the foliage is completely different, mm-hmm. but also underlying is in all of these spiritual texts. I, I, I looked to the Bible. I looked to a lot of mystical texts, Christian mystical texts. And I, I read the Tibetan book of the dead, uh, quite a bit when I was writing the lyrics and these texts also bring up imagery of plants. Jesus loved plant imagery and, (laughs) you know, the mustard seed is, you know, even as somebody 2000 years later, if you look at a mustard seed and you look at a mustard tree, you just know exactly what he was talking about. It, there's no nuance there. It's it's very clear. And in what's, this, the, what's his mustard seed quote again? Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to look it up because I want to make sure. the quote uh, Jamie, is Jamie, Jamie, can you look that up for us? but um sorry i had to get that in there (laughs) (laughs) if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you will say to this mountain move and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you um that that one's Mm. from matthew and the idea is a mustard seed is is tiny it's uh i mean if you eat the grain mustard mustard seeds are in there and Mm -hmm. it's that small and not only is the plant that grows out of it big, but the root system is is gigantic, and it's it's an invasive root system. I from my understanding, and any experts mm-hmm. that want to refute me, please do it. But um, <laughs> the 
if you have a, a mustard tree growing near a stone wall, it's going to take out that stone wall. You know, if you have mm. a mustard tree growing near a foundation, you know, say goodbye to that building, especially mm. in the in ancient times. Right. And um, the idea is that just from the smallest utterance, the smallest recognition of whatever it is, you know, faith, you know, whatever you think mm-hmm. faith or whatever, you know, that there are a lot of ways to think about what Jesus or a lot of ways to describe faith that Jesus was talking about. But if, if you take that faith, whatever that is, um, even if it's the smallest utterance of it, it, it is enough. And um, mm. there's, something really um, neat to that. One of my favorite Bible passages is um, the uh, um, Isaiah's experience on the mountain. I think it's Isaiah. If it's Elijah, I'm going to be really upset. But, um, <laughs> but you know, uh, he's on the mountain and um, he sees all of these incredible, wondrous things going on, earthquakes and storms and winds and um, it was to Elijah. Wow, this mm. I'm, a, I'm a bad. I'm a bad. You bad need to brush up on your everything. Yeah, your Christianity, Joe. Come on, man. But you're supposed to be the expert, and you're embarrassing. I'm me supposed now. to be. I I know. And look at this. The day after Easter, no less. Yeah, too. But um, you know, in all of these, you know, displays of power. Elijah doesn't see God, but then all of it dies down and Elijah hears God in a cold amadaka, a still small voice. Um, and that's that is, you know, I've always seen the mustard seed that way. All it takes is this little thing. You know, God doesn't have to God doesn't have a size. Maybe God has a mm. size, but it the idea is that, you know minimalism that the, the the tininess the tiniest little thing can overcome like all of this bullshit out here all these screens and all everything on the news and everything you know on on the street and on the subway um mm. all it takes is a little bit um and that's that's a really profound you know that that works its way into the album a lot uh in nuance and then the last thing i'll say about the the plant thing is the um static bloom Tommy actually came up with that. Our drummer, we were coming up with ideas for the the um, the EP in 2018, mm-hmm. and he came up with Night Bloom Static, and then we talked about it, and then Static Bloom, and um, the w- what Tommy described with Static Bloom to me was just that's love, man, and and it's not romantic love, but it's love is Static Bloom. It's this it's this thing that mm-hmm. keeps growing. It always grows it, it, if you're fostering love correctly it's always going to grow and always going to get bigger and greater and stronger, but it's, it's never, you know, it's never going to change its form. I, I guess it might change its form. That was, I, yeah. but, but it's, it's, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I think there's a kind of a sense, actually it kind of reminds me of what like Robert Thurman has talked about or when I saw him speak and I refer, I actually talked about this in the last episode a little bit too, but what he says about, uh, love and he basically says that you know power in Buddhism is essentially you know expression of love or compassion 
you know, and, um, but he said love. And I think there's something to saying that instead of compassion and that it is, you know, something that kind of eternally pervades the universe in a way. Uh, I mean, it's just that, that, that potential for it exists everywhere at all times, I guess is the idea. And that, but there needs some there needs to be some type of action to make it bloom i guess is what i'm thinking now and so like yeah it's it's a really the, the idea of a static bloom it's a really cool image i've actually i've thought about that a lot you know since um since you put out the song and the ep but like yeah i never quite thought of it as um as love but it makes sense to me it from like you know, this, the first time we talked about it as a band, when Tom sent us all these names, it's like, that's an incredible way to describe love. And mm-hmm. the song is really nice, uh, a nice, you know, it fit nicely onto the song. We, because we, we came up with that song together on the spot as a band. It was, it was almost as if, you know, it was one of those songs where it was almost as if it was already written and we just like understood it was there. Yeah. We were sitting there in practice one day and we were just kind of tired of repping the same three or four songs. And all of a sudden, you know, I, you know, we, Tom had this beat and, and the guitar, you know, I, I, I made that guitar riff. It's a pretty simple riff. And then, um, Alex is the way Alex plays the bass on that song, the way he slides up, just it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it it really, that one, that one hits me in in the gut, you know, really well. And, um, Mm -hmm. it just, it really fit with the song, uh, the, the concept of static bloom immediacy, you know, everything just kind of fell into place with that one. Whereas most of the other songs, um, were labors of love we we pieced them together we thought about them we meditated over them a lot of the lyrics i didn't come up with until the day we recorded because we were just thinking really hard about the way we wanted to approach these songs and it was nice to have alhambra baby and static bloom were actually effortless um the the words came pretty effortlessly you you helped with the words and and the minute you stepped in with the words it was like you know they opened up um the the garden imagery which (laughs) you and i jammed like two years ago i had that song stuck in my head do you remember the like yeah no i remember that yeah that song always pops up to my head sometimes too whenever i think about like yeah the garden or uh or 80s Van Morrison. Uh, um, yeah, I guess, I mean, I shouldn't talk too much about Van Morrison. Maybe I don't, don't want to be canceled. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I loved working on and or helping you out with those those lyrics, man. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's really nice when band stuff comes together naturally as like some dudes having fun and uh a lot of the uh, a lot of band stuff just isn't that in my experience and and i'm sure in alex and tom's it's a lot of nagging each other me nagging them um but also it's a lot of you know 
missing the mark and realizing where how you missed it and trying to reconcile that and bring it back and rein it in. And right. um, I'm happy to say that we're finally at a point with our music where we can, you know, we're, we're, we're recognizing that really well. Um, not to get too far off track and, you know, I won't go on a whole grateful dead thing, but um, I was going to talk <laughs> oh, about God. the grateful dead. You weren't going to get away yeah. from that, but God um, damn it. All right. <laughs> go for it. Uh, I think it was in the like long strange trip documentary, but um, it's on, on Amazon prime right now, but um, mm-hmm. it might've been some other interview, but Bob Weir basically hints that at the acid tests, which were the, the main jams where the grateful dead kind of formed as a band. And, yeah, they were all tripping out of their minds. But Bob Weir asserts that during the acid tests with the Merry Pranksters, the Grateful Dead um, began practicing telepathy. And, you know, this is a, a fun concept that happens with religion all the time is do you believe directly that they were communicating, like sending messages back and forth in their head? Or did they mm-hmm. under- begin to understand each other's musical playing to the point that they could anticipate each other's movements to the point of key changes, to the point of rhythm changes. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I've had a lot of trouble with that idea because I, I, I don't like all that hippy dippy crap. You know, like I know mm-hmm. that Hot Knives is like you psychedelic don't? rock, but like, you know, the, the peace <laughs> signs and all that, you know, it's it's yeah. kind of campy to me. And it's like, oh, man, Grateful Dead's talking about telepathy, man. They really were like just acid heads. But actually yeah. through playing with Alex and Tom, you know, in the last six months, especially during COVID, when we've had the time to sit there and really play and not have to worry about the product, um, mm-hmm. we've really learned to anticipate how each other how how each of us is going to play and the idea of telepathic musicianship makes a lot more sense to me these days oh yeah i mean i totally think that's a thing i mean i feel like i've experienced it um with mikhail of course um well y'all used to purely improvise and there's so you can tell like just in the stuff you do now it doesn't sound anything like old party dark but you can you can hear the or you can tell what what happened to get where you guys are now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was it's pretty cool, and I like. I mean, I think. I mean, there are some people that I think could probably do that with everybody, you know, that they play with. I mean, those would be like really cool, good musicians. But it, I mean, it's like it's again, it's like a skill that you have to like really hone. I think focusing with like a small group of people before you can even like begin to think about bringing it out. Like, you know, you were saying like you doubted that it even existed (laughs) (laughs) until you're like actually experienced it. I've been playing in bands for like 10 years before too, and playing with the same guys and we've been, we've put out albums and they've been good. You know, we've been proud of them, but um, feeling like we, you know, are, are, are in, you know, playing the same thing you know, as opposed to like the same song. I don't know. It's tough to explain. Yeah. Feeling unified in our sound. Yeah. I mean, I really felt that, um, listening to the album, like it really felt like, you know, you all were like clicking on the same gear and all like really like in sync with each other, man. Um, Tom just lit up those recordings. He, uh, yeah, he, he did a good job. The drum sound. Alex too. The, the bass is, is out of this world. Um, but Alex and I were both, 
you know, our jaws were on the floor. Um, we recorded all of the drums in one day and, um, mm. in like four hours, like Tom, I, I'm sure Alex, you know, will, will support me saying that like Tom just blew our minds that day. Like really just, <laughs> we watch him drum. We sit there and drum with, you know, play with them all the time. And he showed up to the studio that day and he's done this at shows too, but he showed up to the studio that day and he just, he nailed it. Like most of those songs are first or second take. I think the majority are first take. Sick. Yeah. I mean, Tom's fantastic. And when he's on, I've seen Tom on fire and when he's on fire, he is on fire. That is for sure. And I keep forgetting to bring this up, but like, you know, we've talked about, you know, while we've talked about, you know, mysticism and like the metaphor of like sex for that and, uh, and love. And we haven't na- mentioned the name of the album yet. So what's the name of the album? <laughs> the, the name of the album is making love to make music to make love to. Hell yeah. Um, and <laughs> oops, <laughs> that's, and that's not a reference to any other album title that's ever existed of any other collection of music. Is that <laughs> no? And it has nothing to do with, um, you know, minimalist British psych rock from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Just uh, just uh, checking there. Um, yeah, I mean, we should say too, um, that you know. Joe's music is uh, psychedelic hard rock. What would you, what would you, how would you describe it? Yeah. um, Psychedelic rock is the easiest, is, is the quick way to say it. Um, We, Mm -hmm. we try to, we try, I, I, I found that the years 68 to 72 created some really cool music and, um, we're really trying to sustain that four year period, but also add a little bit of 1984 punk, like black flag, butthole surfers, mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. And, um, suicide spacemen three are, are, you know, the guys who showed us how to do the 68 to 72 thing. Um, right. We, we try to look at the stooges as like our, our, ancestors our godfathers that if mm-hmm. you know we we try to look we try to root everything in the stooges and suicide and spaceman three in particular showed us how to root in the stooges without ripping them off yeah yeah i would say they definitely do that very very well yeah um <laughs> except uh <laughs> od catastrophe <laughs> uh which is, is just a straight up rip off of but I love, I still love that song. I, I still love it. I'm, I'm okay with it. They, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they made it one chord. They made it one chord, you know, at least they did that. They, they cut down the chords. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, this has been great. Um, I mean, should we, should we meditate? Sure. Um, are, are you going to lead it? Yeah. Do you want to lead it? No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if that was like, you know, a requirement of the you know i i don't know whatever i i would love it yeah. if you let it you're a great meditation okay leader. okay okay cool yeah i mean you know i'm i like to when meditation when i have certified meditation people on the show um but actually would you want to make 
uh, a piece of meditation music to put under it? Sure. Um, what like right now or or just like not right future? now? Yeah. Uh, but but in in post we can <laughs> we can do it in post. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can I can definitely do that. All right. That would be cool. Um. So all right. I think we're gonna do our uh, the body scan today. So, you know, take for all of you listening, um, for all my millions of listeners out there, <laughs> billions of listeners, um, you want to make sure uh, that you're taking a comfortable seat, that you have your feet. Um, if you're sitting in a chair, that you have your feet firmly planted on the ground. Otherwise, you can sit cross-legged. Uh, feel free to meditate with your eyes either open or close, uh, whatever is most comfortable for you. And the meditation should last about 10 to 12 minutes. Um, so you ready, Joe? I am. All right, cool. The sound of the bell. We will begin. So now, we will place our awareness on our feet. Just notice how your feet feel right now in this moment. Maybe they feel warm. Maybe they feel cold. Maybe you notice particular textures touching your feet. However your feet feel right now, just recognize that. become aware of that part of your body.
recognize how they feel right now in this moment.
back down to our feet. Noticing the textures that are touching them.
up to our seat. So, Joe, how did that feel today? That was nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I worked out today, and I'm just getting back into the hang of working out, so I'm pretty yeah. sore. So my thighs and my shoulders in particular are pretty tight today, so it was nice to kind of focus on them as we were mm-hmm. climbing. Yeah. You then did, did you notice did did the muscles get looser at all when you were doing it? Yeah, I felt you know my upper back holding my shoulders less. They kind of let them just do their thing. That was nice. Mm. And the second time, I don't know if you heard me, I like exhaled really big cuz my shoulders just like totally deflated. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's just something I've noticed a lot, and you know, I'll probably talk about it a lot. But like, just yeah, just by the simple act of placing your awareness like on different parts of your body can completely change like how that part of your body feels um, yeah. and what it's doing. Um, and you know, meditation is a great, great support uh, for working out. You know, with uh, you got to lower that cortisol, man. Got to, um, got to. And, you know, meditation is one of the best things to do to recover, you know, so you can be strong and not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Um, well, thanks so much for doing the show with me. Uh, thanks for, you know, meditating with me. Thanks for making great music. Thanks for being my friend. Um, but yeah. before we wrap up, uh, any last words any last shout outs any last plugs oh i'll just make sure you know so the album is out may 7th yes um uh on all all your streaming services um and can you still pre-order the uh album on vinyl on your Bandcamp? yeah we we have like 30 something copies left so there there's still some out there cool well, pick one up because it's going to be worth a lot of money one of these days. <laughs> yeah, <promise> yeah. <laughs> um, so um, Making Love to Make Music to Make Love to comes out May 7th. Uh, Alhambra Baby and Static Bloom are the two singles from that album. Uh, they're both out right now. You can check those out. Um, when's the music video coming out? We're working on that. Um, that might be a release week thing just to build okay. that hype but it's coming. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, all of Joe's social music links and everything will be in the description. So check it out. Um, but before we go, any, any last words, Joe? Um, this might be the only chance I get to talk about the album in the release cycle. So, um, it's really important to thank you and to thank, uh, Charlie Jordan and to thank Alex and Tom um, for, you know, all of your direct work on the album and, you know, the the accompaniments. Um, but also we recorded at Mighty Toad Studios in Brooklyn. Craig Dreyer is a great guy, great engineer. Um, did some extra work, uh, some extra recording work with Nick Dooley. Also really great engineer, great, um, you know, great producer. We were really happy to have him work with us. And, um, yeah, thank you for having me today. Um, I love talking about this stuff with you normally, so it's cool to, to record it so we can yeah. go back five years from now and say, man, we were stupid then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I can't wait. Well, we'll do, we'll do a, a meta, we'll do a podcast where we listen to this and then comment on it. Yeah, there we <laughs> or, go. Or, or, you know, or just, you know, anytime you want to come on and talk about this. I mean, I, I you know, again, I, I've, I've always really appreciated, you know, your knowledge, uh, your depth of knowledge when it comes to, you know, not only christianity but just mystical traditions in general and so you know you know uh, yeah again i love talking to you about this shit so you know anytime anytime you want to do it or if you have a topic you want to want to discuss you know let me know i'd be happy happy to have you back um but anyway uh thanks everybody for listening 
make sure you listen to Hot Knives. Thank you, Joe, and all of you out there. Uh, stay mindful, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Later. This has been another episode of Meditating with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to learn more about my meditation teachings and programs, check out my website, jeremymcmindfulness.com. 